Welcome to the Fulfillment Stories podcast number 23, created and hosted by Shea Pataja and myself, Chelsea Bay Dennis. Fulfillment is a storytelling event featuring local community leaders and entrepreneurs who share their journey towards fulfillment and meaning through vocation that will challenge you to come alive. Kathy Mulder has been a practicing midwife since 1992. She is the founder of Dance of Life Midwifery in Traverse City, Michigan, and has served on the board of Michigan Midwives Association for many years. Here's Kathy's story from the May 2016 event. Um, And she is actually my midwife um, that we're going to deliver this little one at home, hopefully in a few weeks. And, you know, I know her and I know the impact she's had, but I didn't know her story. And and she made me ball the other night. (laughs) So get ready for that. But I wanted to see how many people in the audience have either been impacted, if know someone who has um, delivered a baby with Kathy. That's a lot. I mean, look how many babies. That's so cool. So I will let her take over, Kathy. I think I'm the shortest one here, so... (laughs) Um, well, first, I thank you, Chelsea and Shay, for inviting me. It feels like a real honor to be here tonight. And, and thank you, all of you, for sticking this out. Um, being the last speaker, I wasn't quite sure if anyone, everyone would be half asleep. Um, but uh, I looked at my watch, and 9 o'clock last night at this time, I was actually rushing to Roscommon to deliver a baby. And um, I crawled home at 3 o'clock this morning. So um, if I'm awake, you guys can be awake, too. <laughs> And at least you'll wake up when you hear me say push, right? (laughs) My story starts um, really when I was a young child. Uh, One of my favorite pastimes was playing with baby dolls. I loved my dolls. They were my babies. I even thought that maybe I could be Mrs. Walton, and I'd have 12 children, and I would be saying goodnight to them. And uh, I used to play putting my dolls to sleep at night and saying, Good night, Chatty Kathy. Good night, Baby Sue. Good night, John Boy. And when my sisters and I would play house, I always wanted to be the mom. At that time, I, I didn't know what a midwife was. In fact, I didn't learn about a midwife until I was much older. I had graduated from college, married my husband, and the two of us had taken off for the Peace Corps in the Solomon Islands. Even then, I didn't really learn what a midwife did, but I did have my first birth experience at that time. One night, when it was a really stormy night, my husband and I heard a loud knocking at the door. And we, a man came to the door, and he was talking very vehemently in the native language. The only word we could pick out was baby. So we grabbed some blankets, and we ran outside. It was pouring down rain. And there was his wife squatting in our yard, and she had just given birth to a baby. Uh, we weren't quite sure what to do, but my husband ran to the nearby priest's house, uh, borrowed a truck, and, and um, took her to the clinic. And while that was happening, they, um, with sign language, asked me to stay and help deliver the placenta. And then also, um, somehow I figured out they wanted me to bury the placenta in that spot where she had given birth. Because in that culture, it was really important that the placenta be buried where the baby was born. So that whole experience was really, um, it seemed magical and surreal to me. But it also seemed really super important. And I know that a seed was planted within me that night. And after about three years, uh, we had been in the Peace Corps that long, we decided that maybe it was time to come back to the United States and go back to college and and, uh, kind of live the real life. 
So I had a, a scholarship uh, to the University of Michigan to get my master's in speech pathology. And I was walking to class, and all of a sudden I did an about face, and I found myself at the door of the 4th Ave People's Food Co-op, asking if they were hiring. I went inside, and they hired me. And a few days later, uh, the university called me and said, where are you? Why didn't you come and pick up your scholarship, and you didn't attend class? And I said, nope. I will not be coming. Please give the scholarship to someone else. I had no idea at that time what possessed me to do that, but I was soon to find out. A couple of months later, um, after working at PFC, I happily discovered that I was pregnant. And I told, a social, uh, told one of my coworkers um, about my pregnancy, and she looked at me and said, you have to call the midwife. Those were some of the best words that anybody had ever said to me. Again, I didn't know that at the time, but seven months later, when I pushed my beautiful daughter into the world and became a mom, it was the most high experience I'd ever had in my life. She was wet and slimy with a head full of black hair, but when I pushed her out of my inner body and put her on the skin of my outer body, it was just an experience that I really can't even explain. I felt at that moment that I could do anything. I was capable of doing anything in the world. And I, was shout I wanted to shout to the world, hey, everybody, look what I just did. I did that. I loved being a mom. It was so much more than playing with baby dolls. I loved it so much, I went on to give birth to two more beautiful daughters. And with each birth experience, I became more powerful as a woman. I used midwives with all of my births, and these women were amazing. They helped me to deal with my fears, and they were there for me at my most vulnerable time. So I started thinking, you know, maybe I really don't want to be Mrs. Walton with 12 children. Maybe I could be the midwife. It was right about this time that my husband came to me and said, you know, I'm really good with three children. <laughs> I'll support you 100% if you want to study midwifery and become a midwife, and then you don't have to have all the babies. <laughs> Little did he know what he was signing up for at that time. I still remember being at a dinner party with him, and someone asked him, like, well, what does your wife do? And he said, my wife is a midwife. She is on call 24-7. There are many mornings I wake up, and instead of her beside me, there's this note pinned to my pillow with a diaper pin, and it says where she is, where I'm supposed to take the girls, what's in the refrigerator, etc., etc. Well, in those early years of my training, I thought that this work of being a midwife was really all about the babies, because I love babies so much. And then I had an experience that really took me to a much deeper level. This particular woman that I was caring for described herself as a conservative Christian, and she followed the teachings of Rush Limbaugh. She also told me that she had read that many women were naked when they gave birth, and that would definitely not be her. She also told me that her, she had invited her older sister to come and be with her at the birth, and she was going to stay for two weeks and help her afterwards. These sisters had once been really close. Their mother had passed away when they were young, and the older sister had been like a mother to her. But they hadn't spent much time together uh, in recent years. 
Anyway, the sister arrived from a different out of state, and they came directly to my office for a prenatal visit. And it was at this visit that the sister uh, let us know that she was a lesbian. Well, the pregnant woman flew into a rage, an anger rage, and she said, get out of my life, leave now, you cannot stay here, you cannot be at my birth. So I found myself dealing with that situation. I got, got her calmed down, and I told the sisters to go home and try to work this thing out. Well, that little baby stayed inside for two weeks while these sisters struggled to work out their differences. When I arrived at the birth around 2 a.m., it was the day that the sister was supposed to fly home. I wasn't really sure what I was going to find. The house was dark except for candles burning. There was music playing. And I thought, well, maybe she's not even really in labor. Now, granted, this woman had challenged me to the core. There was at one, at one point during my care of her, what I, I looked at her, and in my head I was saying, I don't want to be your midwife. I think I'm the wrong person for you. You need to go find someone else. But I'm a midwife. My job is to love and to guide, no matter who it is. So I'm at the house, and I slip inside quietly, and there's that woman, naked, dancing beautifully in her living room to music, totally unaware of anything else except the powerful work that her body was doing. A couple hours later, when she was ready to push her baby out, it was her sister who held her and supported her. When that woman squatted and was pushing her baby out of her body, she grabbed her sister's hands, and the two of them received this new life together. Minds were shifted that night. Love and respect triumphed that night. When I was driving home in the sunshine of that new day, I knew in my heart and my soul that being a midwife was who I was, and that was what I was supposed to be doing in this life. I decided to name my practice after that woman, Dance of Life Midwifery. I've been serving as a midwife for 25 years now. I've helped people out, literally, in all kinds of dwelling any kind of dwelling that there is, I've been in, helping people out. I've driven in every kind of weather that you can imagine, in every hour of the 24-7. A day birth is really a welcome rarity. Um, most of the babies come in the quiet of night. Not being able to schedule birth is a challenge. I've been called out during many inconvenient times including holidays, one time while singing happy birthday to my little three-year-old, and even while being intimate with my husband. <laughs> one time, I was literally swimming in Lake Michigan when I saw my sister on the beach waving at me frantically and pointing to my phone. And I got, had gotten the call that it was time to come now. So I ran out of the water found my car, jumped in my car, somehow made my way through cherry festival crowds. And I arrived, I did arrive at the woman's house safely in time to catch that baby. I was still wearing my wet, dripping swimsuit. Not being able to schedule birth 
is always is also really exciting to me. Living this lifestyle has taught me to stay humble. It's taught me to stay flexible. And it's taught me to embrace spontaneity whenever I can. When I have a day where no one's in labor and I don't have any appointments scheduled, I really seize the moment. I, am, I go out skiing, I go swimming, I go hiking, or I just do whatever, um, something spontaneity. So I, I really appreciate that part. Being fully present at a birth, no matter how long it takes, and sometimes I'm with women for two or three days, has taught me the great lesson of patience. It's also helped me to be fully present in many aspects of my life. I believe that how we come into this world matters. I am passionate about helping women, serving women and families. And being a midwife, being a midwife is a privilege I do not take lightly. Being entrusted with the responsibility of welcoming a new soul into the world is both a great honor filled with immense joy, and then at other times, it can be a heart-wrenching sadness. One year, my first babies for the year was a set of twins that came too early. We had to transfer care to the hospital during her labor, and neither one of the babies survived. These, this was the couple's first babies. This was a heart-wrenching experience. The grief and the pain was almost unbearable for them and for all of us. But a year later, this same woman had, again, the first baby of the year for my practice. And this time, she was able to push out her full-term baby in the comfort and sanctity of her own home. She was surrounded by her husband, her four sisters, her mom, her little two-year-old nephew, and the circle of love in that room is, it can't be described. When she pushed out her baby, and I bent over to receive the baby, she gave, it was a water birth, she gave birth in the tub, and I received that little baby, and she and I together brought that baby up out of the water, and she gave this lusty cry. I saw tears dropping into the tub and onto the baby. They were my tears. This work of guiding women from maiden to motherhood allows me to see equality at its best. When women are giving birth, they are stripped of all other titles and hats. There are no social, economic, religious, educational divides. A woman giving birth is a woman giving birth, no matter who she is or where she lives on the planet. Five years ago, my oldest daughter and I went to Haiti to help after the earthquake. We spent a month helping to deliver babies in a makeshift tent with no running water and no electricity. My daughter is not a midwife. She has no desire to be a midwife. She's an academic, and she was able to go to school at a very prestigious East Coast school. Um, she was able to learn Haitian Creole and went with me to be my interpreter. She and I witnessed these women giving birth with the same grace, dignity, and this fierce mother bear protectiveness than the most privileged white woman in Traverse City. Most of these women had but few clothes on their back. It's a very, Haiti is a very male-dominated culture. 
But when these women are giving birth, when they are in the act of childbirth, they are powerful. They own their experience, and they can do anything. As much as I am passionate about empowering women, I'm also passionate about passing on this wisdom to the next generation, just as it was passed on to me. There was a time in history when midwives were almost extinct. Today, those of us who do home birth continue to struggle. Many people, especially in the medical community, are not welcoming or accepting of midwives. So we continue the struggle. I'm very involved. One of the other hats I wear is a legislative hat. I'm very involved in the efforts to license midwives in Michigan. I believe that when women have a voice and a choice, and who attends them in birth, they are empowered. Even if they have to make a different plan than what they had originally envisioned for their birth, if they remain in control and they have that voice, they are empowered. And when women are empowered in childbirth, they are powerful mothers. And the ripple effect for our society is huge. Being a part of this most sacred spiritual event, event over and over again is what fills me and sustains me. It really is what drives me to spring from my bed at 2 a.m. on a blizzardy full moon February night. I know that I will witness yet another miracle. My challenge for all of you out there is find what you are find an issue that you can be that passionate about. You might not spring from your bed at 2 a.m. in the morning and drive to Roscommon, which is where I was last night. You might not have to go to that level, but I challenge you to go to a deeper level in something that is important to you. I know, I'm quite sure most of you in the audience, or many of you, are activists already. You support many causes. But pick one that you can really, really get passionate about. Because when people have a voice and a choice, they are empowered. And it makes a difference in our culture and our society. I have one more quick challenge, and that is I challenge you all, if you're still awake out there, to come out again tomorrow night in Traverse City. Come to the benefit concert at the Opera House that Chelsea mentioned. Um, it is a, a benefit to raise money for the licensing efforts um, for midwives in Michigan. There will be great music and silent auction. And um, thank you for your time and your attention tonight. Thank you.